Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we are recapping all of the news and lack of news from D23 last week. Oh, I'm so excited. So there's, there's a lot to talk about, about what Disney did announce and bring up, and also about what Disney didn't announce or bring up. So we're going to get into all of that. This show is completely dedicated to D23, so it's, it's basically a mix of news and D23 all together. Um, so there's not much news outside of what happened at D23, but there was one piece of news which... That's good. I was going to say cue the uh, the Darth Vader no scream here <laughs> because Disney announced like right after D23, which is amazing, they probably didn't want to bring this up. There's going to be riots at the convention center uh, <laughs> that, that Kite Tales is done. So Kite Tales last show will be September 30th. Now, Kite Tales went from its its original format to this now spontaneous throughout the day format a few months ago, and now it is just gone forever. So September 30th is going to be the last show of Kite Tales. Uh, it's pretty amazing because as we get into the D23 um, discussion, especially around the parks and everything, they have nothing to replace this. Like It, it seems silly to get rid of Kite Tales when you have nothing coming, and I get Maybe the contract was up with the third party that runs this show and they didn't want to uh, renew it yeah, for another year it. and pay them. But it, it couldn't have been that expensive of a show at this point. And people did go. So, I mean, now you have a giant theater that they spent a ton of money building for a nighttime show that didn't work and got canceled. And now for Kite Tales that doesn't work and get canceled. So basically they're saying that seating area is better served just for people to sit there and eat their food than to have any sort of entertainment. So seems odd. Loved Kite Tales. Sad to see it go. Sad we won't be able to see it one more time. I really thought about flying down for one day yeah. on the 30th to go see it. Uh, Angela told me no. She crushed <laughs> my dreams. Uh, but yeah, but Kite Tales uh, is gone. Very upsetting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, wh- I don't know what I'm going to do without the chance, just the chance that a kite is going to crash into the crowd or go into a bush or a tree. I mean, that was just, I was always on tender hooks. Like, I was always so excited to watch it. So I- I'm very disappointed. Well, this is what I said. I think the last show, they should just purposefully wreck the kites into the trees. Give the people what they want. Just have all the kites fly into the trees and hard crash landings. You know yep. it's the last show. You know you don't need the kites again. Hard crash landings. Right. I think that's what they should do. But yeah, sad, sad to see it go. Um, I'm already starting the campaign to bring it back. Maybe it'll be seasonal. Like, you know, it's going into fall. Maybe there's more okay. wind. It's harder so they can bring it back. And Disney has brought some shows back. We'll get into that too with D23. So maybe so, we can start the kite tails petition. Okay. One other thing I want to mention really quick is that Disneyland Paris announced that they are selling upcycled bags so they they recently redid the castle over there and they had a tarp in front of it as they were redoing it so now that the you know the castle's done the tarp's down they actually took that tarp uh, and worked with a company to create bags uh, out of it so that you'll be able to buy over at Disneyland Paris so that's pretty cool a nice way to kind of be like environmentally friendly and you know not just throw away all of this tarping and kind of reuse it uh, but then also you know you can kind of get a little piece of park history uh, as well congratulations on saying piece of park history i don't know that seems like it would be hard to say thank you i guess i said it okay too but it sounded hard yeah i think this would be really cool i would i would definitely consider buying a bag made out of a tarp that carried like that went over the castle not that there was anything particularly like that you could tell i'm guessing that it was over the castle so yeah you just kind of have to know that's so cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah, but these are only look like going to be at Disneyland Paris. So if you're going to be uh, going to Disneyland Paris anytime soon, you can maybe pick up one of these bags. All right, so let's jump into D23 recap. Um, so we will get into all the movies, Disney Plus TV shows that were announced, uh, all the updates on the parks, uh, and again, kind of our thoughts on what was announced and what wasn't announced. Also, you know, with D23, all the big Disney executives were there. Bob Chapek was there. He did a lot of interviews uh, over that weekend as well. And one that he did with Deadline that I thought was interesting, he talked a lot about Disney going into the metaverse. And he talked about how they're going to be using Disney Plus as kind of like their metaverse hub. They don't call it the metaverse because people don't like the term metaverse that well. He mentioned that. But but it's essentially the metaverse. And he talked about that Disney Plus is going to become a place where 
if you can't visit the parks, and I know a lot of people aren't able to visit the parks, that you'll be able to watch ride-throughs in either virtual reality or on your TV on Disney+, and then potentially see additional things that just going to the parks you wouldn't be able to see. So maybe you could ride the Haunted Mansion and then watch something about behind the scenes of the Haunted Mansion, how they do some of the effects. So it sounds like they are heading this direction. This is kind of the next step, the next phase they see with Disney+, Plus, folding this all in. They talked also about this thing called next level storytelling that they're talking about, that they're saying, you know, if you come to our parks with magic bands and with everything, they know what you do all day. They know, you know, what food you buy, where you shop, the rides you ride. And if you're willing to allow them to use that information, they will then take that and customize your Disney Plus experience. So instead of recommending shows to you based on what other people watch that they think might have similar interests, kind of like how Netflix does their algorithm, they might say, hey, you rode Haunted Mansion and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad seven times when you were down here last. So we're going to recommend Haunted Mansion related stuff to you or Big Thunder Mountain related stuff to you and how it's going to create this kind of super customized storytelling objective and also how what you watch on Disney Plus may feed into the park. So it sounds interesting where they're going. I think all this stuff is years and years and years away, but it, it is interesting to see how they see Disney Plus as more than just this subscription where you can see your movies, that it's going to be another touch point to integrate with their customers. I think this is an interesting idea. Um, not, you know, as he mentioned, people don't like the term metaverse. Ready Player One has completely cured me of the desire to ever live any sort of existence online. I think we have to be really careful of that. That's my own personal belief, and I'm just going to move on from it. So I don't really love that idea. But I do think that it's cool that they're trying to make something for people who can't go. And, you know, I mean, ride videos would be cool. Although those exist on YouTube already. But I like the behind the scenes stuff. What kind of throws me is they would recommend things to watch to you based on what you ride and where you eat and things. To a certain extent, I think that would be really cool and it might work. But I do know that I like the spooky rides a lot. I like the Haunted Mansion and the Tower of Terror. And I am the biggest chicken when it comes to anything scary. I don't like to watch scary movies. So that would be hilarious because then it would think that that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy, but I don't. I mean, it's Disney though. So it's not like they're going to have anything extremely right. scary on there. And again, he, you know, he mentioned, and I think that's probably what a lot of people are most concerned about is like, Oh, I don't want Disney tracking me. And he did specifically say, if the guest is willing to allow us to use this information. So, you know, it sounds like they're kind of already ahead of that, that they know like this is going to be weird, but to a certain extent, if you have a magic band, Disney already has all that information on you anyways. It's just they're maybe not connecting it to your Disney Plus profile and, and to other pieces of information. So if you allow them to make that connection, they can do that. I do think it's it's very interesting. I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily the whole I'm going to live in virtual reality thing. I don't know that I need that. Um, I do think it, if Disney does do ride videos, like you mentioned, they're on YouTube. They're going to be way better if Disney does oh, them, obviously. Are. And I like the idea of, you know... It just makes me feel bad for all the people who originally did that. Yeah, but I like the idea of, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, too, of, like, talking with the Imagineers that worked on these attractions, things like that. So I think that's kind of where it's interesting of, yeah, you rode the Haunted Mansion, now you come back, and now you can watch an interview with the Imagineers or the history of the Haunted Mansion, how it was built... And, and to kind of tie it in or Easter eggs to look for. So now whenever you go back, you're looking for that stuff. So I do think it, it gives them the, the ability, you know, to build a, a pretty cool digital world and to kind of utilize that information. And I think it could go the other way too. You know, if you watch, uh, you know, maybe Miss Marvel, whenever you're in Avengers campus, you know, maybe if you see Miss Marvel, she'll know that you watched her show. And then, you know, she can talk to you about her show because she knows you watched it based on your Disney Plus, you know, watch history, things like that. I mean, that we talked last week or the week before about how they're going to start having QR codes to buy merchandise from the shows on Disney Plus. So it definitely seems like the future of Disney is moving to Disney Plus, which is pretty interesting. And I also think it's interesting that, that they mentioned, you know, we know a lot of people can't visit the theme parks um, because they are so expensive. And I think like they've talked about, you know, they're trying to manage how many people do visit the theme parks. So I think having on Disney Plus is kind of another way for them to almost price more people out of the theme parks by saying, hey, yeah. you can just ride everything and experience it on you Disney Plus. You can ride it on your couch. It's yeah. the same thing, yeah, right? It's, it's similar. Like, oh, we understand it's not going to be affordable for everybody, but that's okay. It's on Disney Plus, which 
again, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I'm saying I think no. this the way it's going, it seems to be that that's going to be their next excuse of, well, not as many people come to the parks. We'll just put all our money on, on Disney+. Plus. So I- interesting comments. Um, but again, I think that is years and years and years away before any of this like really starts working. They, they talked about play testing it currently, but I think we're still a ways away from, from that working and people even wanting that to happen. So, all right, so let's get into some of the panels and things that happened uh, at D23. So, you know, one of the big panels, or I guess it's a couple panels is the movies and TV shows on Disney plus and in theaters. So Disney animation had a panel, uh, Pixar, Marvel, they, they all had panels talking about their upcoming projects. So, uh, some of the things uh, that were talked about was the Snow White movie, the live-action Snow White movie, uh, which we knew was coming, got an official year that's going to be released, so it's going to be 2024, so we're still a few years away from that. They officially announced Mufasa, which is a sequel slash prequel to The Lion King. They talked about it's going to be a prequel and that it's going to look at how like Mufasa came to be, but it's also going to move the story forward uh, in the current time, so kind of a la... The Godfather Part 2, where it's two time periods at once. But that's going to be live action as well, uh, just like The Lion King they had come out. So that's going to be 2024 as well. So not really much more on those other than that they're still two years away. Um, Snow White has definitely been in development for a long time. Uh, Again, the first take on Mufasa here. I know, Angela, you're very excited that they're continuing the live action version (laughs) of The Lion King. So here's my big hope, okay? They are now taking Disney classic animated films and putting them in live action because they think like, oh, look at this cool technology we have. Well, there's going to be a point in time where they're like, yeah, we're kind of sick of all this, like, you know, making it like realistic looking. Let's animate these things that were, you know, originally live action. That's what I'm looking forward to. So 2049, 2049 Mufasa animated film. I'm looking forward to that. I'm calling it right now. Okay. So it's just going to go back in a big circle. It's just going to go back and forth. It's going to be holograms, though, by 2049. There we go. All right. Yeah, so, th- so those movies uh, were announced. They also announced a few new animated movies. So Disney announced a movie called Wish, not tied into the cruise ship, <laughs> but it's called Wish. That's coming out in 2023. Uh, we got just kind of like a first look. There's a, a cute goat character that's going to be voiced by none other than Alan Tudyk. He plays every animal Disney animation has, but it's basically about how the wishing star came to be. So not a lot known about that yet, but that's going to be coming out in 2023. Pixar announced that they are working on Inside Out 2. This kind of rumor came out a day or two before D23 came that Pixar was going to be announcing this, that Amy Poehler was coming back. Um, So we did get that. We don't know about the rest of the voice cast yet, but Amy Poehler was there to announce that they are working on Inside Out 2. So that'll be interesting to see that. Uh, Disney Animation also announced that they're working on a a series based in Lagos. So Waju is a futuristic portrayal of Lagos in Nigeria, and it's a collaboration with a company that is based there called Gali Media. So I think that this is just Disney is trying to get more cultural, bring in sources that can actually really inform them. And as opposed to kind of repeating some of the mistakes they've made in the past where they are kind of um, speaking for other cultures, they're bringing those cultures in, letting them like sitting them at the table with them and letting them drive the action as opposed to them saying, well, this is what we want to do. And uh, can we somehow shoehorn your culture into it? So I think this, this is, you know, something that they been i feel like they'd been talking about this but this sounds like a really cool project yeah they they have i believe mentioned this before so we got some you know more confirmation that this is happening i do think this you know sounds really interesting i think this is a a good uh you know pairing up i think this was one of the things that jennifer lee worked on whenever she took over disney animation she kind of talked about this of of partnering more with these creators and things mm-hmm. like this so this is kind of the first project that has come from that so it's, it's really interesting to see you know how this comes out I think that some of these projects, so not that one in in particular, but some of these future projects, the Wish movie, um, and they're kind of going down an interesting trajectory. Again, I always get frustrated because one of their biggest movies ever, you know, here I am back talking about The Lion King, is The Lion King. And Zootopia also did really well. So these these are movies that are driven by animal characters, and they've done a lot of 
you know, people characters lately. And I would love to see them kind of get back to those animal characters because I just think that that's really interesting. And it's something that they've had success with, but for some reason they keep staying away from it. I don't know if it's that they're excited that they can make realistic humans, like realistic looking humans because they have Pixar's technology or what, but I just want to see them make more movies with animal characters because I think that that is a cool allegorical way of talking to kids. And also I like watching that better than watching people. Yeah. I mean, I will say to your point, the Lion King was very successful, but Disney animation never really made movies with animals in it. They've always done the path of fairy tales and, and most of their, you know, most successful ones are based on fairy tales or folklore or something like that. So, I mean, if you look at all the movies in the nineties, they're kind of based on fairy tales. You have Moana, which is a cultural story, you know, folklore esque movie. So that seems to be where they do well. I think wish seems to yeah be a more like original story. Even the one with stranger worlds that's coming out, it yeah, seems to be cool. a more, it, it seems, it sounds cool, but like, I feel like when they come up with these original stories, they maybe aren't as strong. I do think to your point, you know, animals, again, that's never been really Disney's MO. That's that's more on like Pixar doing either animals or some sort of inanimate object that becomes real. So I think that's kind of more Pixar's realm. I think that's why you don't see it with Disney. But yeah, it's hard to tell with these movies because again, they're so abstract. I mean, even Stranger Worlds have no idea really what that movie is going to be about. Like it's so hard to tell if these movies are going to be, you know, any good or not, what they're going to be about until they actually come out. And I almost think that is hurting them a little bit lately because you would think a movie like Stranger Worlds or Wish, I mean, anything that, hey, Disney's coming out with a new animated movie, you would think there would be a lot more buzz around it or there should be. But I think the fact that they make these trailers so difficult to comprehend what the plot is. And again, and it's not just like, hey, we're doing this fairy tale you already know, like Hansel and Gretel, for instance. Like we're, we're doing Disney spin on Hansel and Gretel it's hard for people to connect to that and to get excited. And I think that is kind of hurting them to a certain extent going to it because you need people willing to go and be like, Oh, it's actually good before you really know there's not that like built in. Hey, I know this is a good story or or I know, you know, this is going to be an interesting movie. And so I think when they come out with these things like wish it's so generic, like it's hard for me to get excited about this right now. Right. And then wish as an idea is surprising to me because I feel like they've sort of moved away from that wishing sort of theme because that was kind of an old Disney thing. And then like, if you think about Princess and the Frog, you know, there's kind of general commentary on you can't wish for something to happen. You have to work hard and then you can make it happen. So it seems like almost a backslide. Now, maybe there's some commentary on that in this new movie. But the one thing that they did not announce was Frozen 3, which I was convinced that they were going to announce a Frozen 3 based on the fact that they had the four main cast members all inducted as Disney legends. And you weren't the only one. I've seen, I saw other people online yeah. commenting. Why induct them all as Disney legends if you're not going to announce Frozen 3? So no update on Frozen, not even a Frozen series on Disney+, Plus, nothing like that. So that was kind of like the first big thing that I thought was going to be announced that wasn't announced. Um, but kind of wrapping up with... The, the Disney studio and animation. So we did get some first looks at the Disney Plus series, the Santa Clauses that's coming out, and the new National Treasure show. Both of those uh, look pretty good. And then we got trailers for uh, some of the movies coming out. So uh, the Disenchanted trailer, which that looks really interesting. I, yeah, I was going to say and, that was... And I think was... they're, they're taking a really good uh, take on this movie. So I like where this is going. That was probably, I mean, spoiler alert, probably one of the best things to come out of D23 this year because it takes that idea of Enchanted and first of all, the movie title is brilliant, um, Disenchanted, but also it seems like Giselle is going to start flipping into the villain, which is really an interesting concept. Yeah, that that looks like a a really good movie and that was like our first look at the movie. So again, didn't really know what this movie was going to be about, but it looks really interesting. Um, Got the trailer for Hocus Pocus 2, which... I'm interested to see how well this movie is received because based on the trailer, it looks like the exact same movie following the exact same plot as the first one with just new kids. I mean, it, it literally looks like the exact same except, you know, it's it's new kids uh, and it is updated for technology of 
you know, 2020 versus the 1990s. So I'm interested to see what people think about this movie. I mean, it looks good. I still plan on watching it, but it looks like it's basically an exact retelling of the first movie. See, I think that that's such an interesting take because you were like, oh, it looks exactly the same. But when I watched it, it made me... I wasn't a big fan of the original Hocus Pocus. I want to watch the original Hocus Pocus again because this one actually got me more excited. Um, I think that maybe it's playing off of that nostalgia. Like, I don't really have nostalgia for the movie Hocus Pocus because I didn't watch it when I was a kid. But I think it's kind of playing off that nostalgia and just giving people more of what they want. And that's why it's going straight to Disney+. Plus. But I think it'll do well. More of what they want. It's the exact same movie. I, I mean, think it'll do well. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but the trailer makes it look exactly the same. Some good news uh, around movies. So The Little Mermaid, they debuted a clip of Part of Your World. That oh. has not shown online, but from everybody that was there, they reported it was incredible. It looks incredible. It sounds incredible. They did do a short trailer that they released online, and the movie looks really good. Um, they announced that Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken are actually writing four new songs for the movie, which is really exciting. So uh, Little Mermaid is shaping up to be a really solid movie, so really looking forward to that. They also announced that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in the Haunted Mansion movie as Madame Leota. So going back to The Little Mermaid, um, I think that the big thing kind of coming out of here is people were wondering, you know, how is this new actress that is, or the new actor that's playing – the Little Mermaid getting to be able to carry the songs and whoa, she can do. I mean, when they played part of your world and she is singing it, the the memes online were hilarious. All the people saying, yeah, you think that this girl can't sing this? Like, listen to her chills. Like, she is so good. Halle Bailey, who I'm sure gets called Halle Berry all the time, does such a great job of just making the song light up. She carries the tune beautifully. She looks beautiful as a mermaid. She is everything I want out of an aerial. And I think it is so exciting to see this. And I think that this is really a movie because it is one of the older Disney animated films too, that I actually really do want an animated version because you know, the little mermaid kind of lacks some agency and I'm sure that they will kind of give that back to her in a live action film. Jamie Lee Curtis um, came out on a doom buggy and then flipped around. So that reveal that she was going to be Madame Leota was pretty epic. She came out on a doom buggy, which was perfect. Yeah, that was a great entrance. So uh, yeah, really exciting for that. And and like you said, I mean, the, the clip we heard from The Little Mermaid was just a very brief portion of Part of Your World on a trailer. And it did sound incredible. Mm -hmm. They showed the, the whole song. Uh, for D23. And again, everybody that was there was just raving about how great the whole sequence looked and how great it sounds. So really exciting for that. I think the the biggest thing for me that I was kind of thought was the best news out of kind of the Disney Plus series and, and just different things like that was the fact that it sounds like they're starting to drop multiple episodes of shows when they premiere. So they talked about <laughs> National Treasure, I think is going to be two episodes when that premieres, same with the Santa Clauses. I believe Andor, when that comes out, is actually going to be three episodes the first week. That comes out at the end of September. So we got a little bit of a first look there, but that's going to be three episodes. So I like this idea. You know me. I've talked about this. I want to just binge watch every show. I mean, we binge watched Cobra Kai over two and a half days when that came out. So I'm definitely... I don't claim any responsibility for that one. You, you enjoyed it karate fights in every episode make everything better. So, but I enjoy binge watching. So I'm, I'm definitely always talking about, Hey, I wish they would just drop all of these Marvel shows at once. So I could see everything at one time. I understand why they don't do that. You know, they want to keep people subscribed longer, but I like this, that they're going to drop, you know, two or three episodes of a show. It, it allows you to binge it a little bit. It allows you to get hooked and then have weekly episodes after that. So I thought that was the best news uh, basically of these panels. Cause a lot of this other stuff, we either knew about these movies or again, you know, they're, they're announcing new animated movies that we really don't know much about. And, you know, it's hard to get excited about them. The one thing that I am excited about, and I'm not even sure if this came out of D23, but I didn't hear about it before D23, is there is a National Geographic series that was produced. Uh, it's called Super Slash Natural, like Supernatural. And it's produced by James Cameron and narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. So I'm excited to see that because I think that that is going to be really cool. I loved, I love pretty much all of the Nat Geo shows that they come out with and they don't get as much attention because they're not like normal Disney stuff. All right. And then quickly touching on Marvel, uh, Marvel gave us a first look at Secret Invasion 
And that trailer uh, came out online as well after D23. I think that looks really good. I'm really excited uh, for that. That's going to be a series on Disney+. Plus. They actually opened the Marvel portion of the panel by playing a song from Rogers the Musical, which I was <laughs> hoping they were then going to announce they're making a full Broadway show about it, and it's going to come to Broadway. They did not. It can replace Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera is leaving. But I, I hope that they continue to work Rogers the Musical because the performance looked really good. They did the full song. It was a great performance, so bring that to Broadway. Um, so again, they announced uh, Secret Invasion. Armor Wars, interesting. They said it is still uh, in production. They announced the cast of the Thunderbolts, so that's going to include the Winter Soldier, Red Guardian, uh, the new Black Widow, Ghost from the Ant-Man movie. So that's interesting. No Zemo. Uh, Zemo's, I guess, still dancing in the club. <laughs> He's not going to be part of the Thunderbolts. But but that was pretty much it from Marvel, which... They also had that werewolf show. Yeah, they, yeah, they are going to have a, a special werewolf by night. That's I don't think really connected into too much uh, at this point, but that's going to be like a Halloween special. They did bring out the cast of Loki just to kind of talk about Loki season two, but nothing really like new announced. Like I was really thinking after Comic-Con when they announced uh, phase five and six and they had big gaps in, in phase six in that schedule that we were going to get more announced at D23 that they're going to announce, you know, some sort of movie or some sort of Disney Plus show to kind of fill that in or maybe announce there was rumors that they were going to announce the Fantastic Four cast, there was rumors that they were going to announce Henry Cavill's coming to the MCU, like that there were all these rumors going into this that they were going to have some big announcements and they really didn't have anything. So it was uh it was a little bit of a letdown from the Marvel panel and I think a lot of it, I would say. And I think overall, D23, because it just kind of, the rest of the weekend was, was kind of a letdown as well. That, yeah, it was interesting, kind of based on the lack of news they have. Uh, and so we'll kind of run into the parks panel, because that was the big panel on Sunday. And that's always, I feel like, the biggest panel at D23, because movies and TV shows, they have Comic-Con. So they obviously have their own expos where every year they're announcing new movies and things like that. But there's no expos for major park announcements and the theme parks take a long time to build. So it's not like there's new stuff to announce every year. So really D23 is kind of the big time to announce the fan community, big changes in the parks. And so we'll kind of get into what they announced, but really uh, again, as a precursor to this, I think we both felt like, yeah, they didn't really announce much new and the stuff that they did announce that was new was a bit underwhelming and for everything that they could have announced everything that that we felt like they should be talking about they really didn't talk about a lot of that so starting at walt disney world uh, we did get a few announcements over there very exciting but again you know kind of exciting in the fact that we're finally getting it is the haunted mansion in Disney World is finally going to get a hatbox ghost. You know, every time we go to Disneyland and we see the hatbox ghost in the Haunted Mansion, we're like, this is like one of the most famous people from from the Haunted Mansion. Why is there no hatbox ghost over in Disney World? So I guess they're going to make a, a replica of what they have over in Disneyland and put it in the Haunted Mansion over in Disney World. Yeah, so that's a really exciting announcement. And the other, I think, very exciting announcement for Walt Disney World is that Happily Ever After is coming back. <laughs> Yay! So once the 50th anniversary ends, Disney Enchantment is gone. They are bringing back the song Happily Ever After. So it was really interesting. They opened the parks panel with Jordan Fisher singing Happily Ever After. And then Josh DeMarco came out and was like, I'm sure everybody knows it's Happily Ever After. Everybody can you know, imagine being on Main Street. He's like, we'll start with an announcement. We're bringing Happily Ever After back. And everybody <laughs> kind of like lost their minds there for a second. But what he said is they're bringing the song back as part of a new show that's going to incorporate the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. So I think for all intents and purposes, we're getting Happily Ever After. It's just going to be an updated version of it. I hope that they do this right. Yeah. As they incorporate the 100th you know, anniversary of the company and not like that what they did with Enchantment of like, hey, we're celebrating 50 years of Walt Disney World and it had nothing to do with here's, Walt Disney World. Here's a whole bunch of animations, but we're not actually going to put Walt Disney in it or anything until like we it's almost over because yeah, they we realize, oh, no, we messed up. Yeah. So hopefully they do a better job of having 100 years of history. But I think no matter what, having the banger that is happily ever after back 
is going to be all we need. So that will be coming back uh, as part of the 100th anniversary once uh, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary is done. The other interesting thing is Harmonious is gone too. So the the, the two <laughs> brand new nighttime shows that they created for the 50th anniversary lasted 18 months and, and, are, and are going away. So that just goes to show you how poorly received these were by fans because mm-hmm. even if fans were like, it's okay, we don't love it, but it's okay, they would have kept it longer than a year and a half because they spent so much money on these shows and those barges they built, I mean, especially Harmonious, the yeah. amount of money they put into Harmonious to just say, all right, we're going to scrap it and do a whole new show it is very interesting. And then again, Kite Tales is gone. So that's why I was saying it's interesting. You know, they didn't announce Kite Tales was going away in D23. But they didn't announce a D23. Because I don't think people hate Kite Tales. Yeah. Like everybody, everything else has like that negative, you know, connotation to it. But Kite Tales people I think enjoyed because again, that is also an additional thing. It wasn't, re- it wasn't really replacing something that was beloved. It was just new. So, and, yeah. and that was for the 50th too. So they're all gone. It's just interesting because they didn't announce, hey, we have a new show at Animal Kingdom coming. We didn't get an official date on when Fantasmic's coming back. So really, really interesting in terms of the nighttime shows uh, at Disney World. But I think it's good news. Happily Ever After is coming back. The song, at least, with a new show. And then something's going to replace Harmonious. Hey, maybe they'll take some of those Kite Tales kites over there. We mentioned that. That it would make sense for that show to be we did. at World Showcase. Maybe we'll have a shot there. They did talk more about the retheme of Splash Mountain that is going to be Tiana. Uh, it definitely looks like pared down from the original concept art they talked about how they're going to use digital tools to tell this tale they have this like new mist technology that they're bringing they demonstrate it was really hard to tell like over a youtube video what it looks like but it basically sounds like they're going to be doing a lot of like probably projection mapping and screens in this so it sounds like Uh the budget probably got cut and so it's not going to be as detailed with animatronics and theming uh, as maybe we thought it was going to be initially. So be interested to see the final version of the ride we get here. I think that they need to be cautioned against doing this, though, because I do think that if they do this too much, you know, kind of like my my personal opinion about Remy is that it relies too heavily on screens. And I think that people are going to be very critical of it. Also, they did get rid of the thorns, which I mean, I, it doesn't go with like tiana at all but they they're gonna get rid of the thorns on splash mountain so i think that is interesting because you you always go over the hill into the the thorns and it kind of looks like you're gonna you know end up in them so i just think that that part to me was disappointing that they didn't find a way to kind of include those well i do think it it is a risk here because again it looks like they're kind of cutting the budget on this and, and not going as detailed as they originally were that they're going to run into people being underwhelmed by it and then being like, why did you redo Splash Mountain if this is what you're going to do? If you're going to do it very cheap and they're basically just going to say, hey, you just did it to say you did it. And and they really didn't put a lot into it. So I do think they they run the risk here of yeah cutting the budget too much on this one uh, and really underwhelming people. And again, you know, the reason why they're have they are doing this is racial racial sensitivities and so if they cut it too much then people are going to say hey you didn't do it this justice you you cut it too much and now it looks crappy and you did that for you know tiana who she's black you should have given her a great attraction yeah i will say over at disneyland tiana is definitely getting a lot more and i think this makes a lot of sense i think this is gonna be really nice because they already have new orleans square Mm -hmm. over in disneyland and so they're really kind of now just retheming it to be Tiana's version of New Orleans, which I'm really excited about. So uh, Eudora is getting a shop over there and it's also going to sell like Tiana's spices and jams. So it's going to be a merchandise opportunity uh, with a tie into Tiana. But then Tiana is also getting a Tiana's Palace restaurant. So they're going to be retheming one of the restaurants there to actually be uh, Tiana's restaurant from the movie. So that's really exciting. So I think over there where they're going to have you know, they're retheming Splash Mountain and then they're retheming part of New Orleans Square to be around Tiana. I think that is going to be really well done. And I think even if maybe the ride is a little bit underwhelming, I think the other things they're doing are going to make it be more positive versus in Walt Disney World. If all you're doing is retheming Splash yeah. Mountain and it makes it seem like, hey, we cut the budget on this too much, 
it's really going to because people are already saying it's going to be out of place in Frontierland to have yeah. Tiana in New Orleans. That I think people can have a lot more negative outlook on Walt Disney World's version. Whereas I think Disneyland, with everything else they're doing around New Orleans Square, I think that's going to be a really nice area over there for Tiana. Right, I agree with you totally on that. Jumping back to to Walt Disney World really quickly, the Moana Journey of Water experience they announced is going to have a 16 foot Tafiti in it. Um, which which is going to be pretty cool. So we got a little bit more uh, detail on that. But otherwise, that's about it that we got uh, for Walt Disney World. Oh, I'm sorry, Tron as well. So Tron opening date sometime in spring of 2023. <laughs> we still do not have an opening date. This has taken, I think it's going to be six years total um, by time it's finally open from when they announced it. And this is a clone of a ride that already exists, which is insane that it's going to take them that long. And there's videos of Josh tomorrow riding it. So it is kind of crazy. I mean, it should be done if you have your president of parks. Well, I think the it. inside's not done. I don't think they have the, I think the roller coaster is done. I think the ride works, but I think all of the sets and the theming inside is what's not done yet. So, I mean, we do have to give them a break because it happened over the pandemic and, you know, I'm sure finding people and getting people in there and, you know, stuff, it was difficult. But the thing that really concerns me, and we kind of started alluding to this, is it took them five years to build this. They have not announced any new rides at this D23. So by the time that they would announce a new ride again, it's going to be at least eight years, like probably at least eight years out till they're able to even open a new ride when over at Universal, they're opening a new park. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Let's, let's touch on Disneyland uh, here really quickly, and then we'll, we'll kind of get back to that thought because that is a really good thought, and I want to talk about that for a couple minutes. Uh, so over at Disneyland, they announced Disneyland is effectively going to be the center of the 100th anniversary for the company, which I think makes sense. Uh, we already talked about what they're doing in New Orleans Square for Tiana. As part of the 100th anniversary, they're going to have a new World of Color show. It's going to be called World of Color 1. They're going to be also getting a new nighttime uh, show on the castle over there. Magic Happens Parade will be coming back, so all of that's very exciting. Uh, and then in terms of new stuff, they're going to be retheming Pacific Wharf over at DCA to San Francisco. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. And they also announced an expansion for Avengers Campus, which is interesting because in the last <laughs> D23, they announced that there was going to be this Quinjet e-ticket attraction at Avengers Campus. We never heard anything about it again. And now they're saying, hey, we're going to have a new attraction at Avengers Campus. So it sounds like this is replacing that Quinjet attraction that was going to take place in Wakanda and, and sounded really interesting. It looked like it was going to have a really unique ride system to it. This is now going to be the multiverse ride where you're going to fight alongside heroes from all of the different Marvel universes and you're fighting King Thanos. He has a beard. Yeah, he has a beard. They he, made a big deal about Thanos having a beard. Or Thanos look, having a beard. He looks he looks pretty cool. I will say this ride looks like it is a trackless ride. So I wonder, you know, it could be the level of detail of Rise of the Resistance, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen, or it could be something like uh, Remy, where it's a lot of screens. And so I would have to think if they're going to have dozens of different heroes and different villains from across the multiverse it's probably going to have to be a lot of screen-based stuff because you're not going to build that many animatronics maybe you have a really cool king thanos animatronic but i kind of see this as maybe a trackless ride with a lot of screens so i don't know we got one kind of concept art that was just like 40 different heroes fighting king thanos so it's interesting that that they're doing this. We'll see if it even happens because, again, they already announced a ride for here and it just quietly went away and now this is happening. But, yeah, it'll be interesting because, again, the multiversal saga is ending in 2025. This ride, I can guarantee you, will not be open before 2025. So they're kind of going all in and they talked about, you know, the movies are going to the multiverse and we thought it was going to be really fun. So we're going to build a ride around the multiverse. By the time they get this open... Marvel's going to be well past the multiverse. So it, it's going to be uh, you know, really interesting that they're doing this. We also did get a look at the you know these new giant meet and greet figures that they're using. We talked about this. It looks like they could be doing like a Yeti or like a Thanos or something like that. So the first one is going to be the Hulk uh, in his nano suit from Endgame. So he is going to be at Disneyland, I think, next month or maybe even uh before that it looks pretty good the technology looks good he looks a little bit awkward walking but i think is like a first 
pass of this technology, um, it is pretty impressive to see. So I'm interested to see what other characters um, they eventually do with this technology. I'm curious to know why they chose to put him in the nano suit and not have him in his normal Hulk form. Well, I think it's probably easier to make clothing than to try to make the detailed muscles and things. And also his face doesn't have to be as detailed when you're only seeing his eyes. Like it's probably a lot easier to make a white suit than to try to make, you know, a very detailed face that you can see or yeah, like a detailed, like shirtless muscles, but uh, it looks, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I, I would like to see this in person, but I think this is neat technology um, that they'll be able to do very, uh, you know, it's articulate, like his, his fingers move and everything. So it, it'll be pretty cool. So my critique on this, though, is as a casual Marvel fan who has watched all of the movies minus the Eternals, um, as a casual Marvel fan, I do not recognize Nanohulk. I don't remember him from the movies. I recognize regular Hulk, and I am, you know, if they're going to build the Hulk, build the Hulk. I understand that it would probably be difficult, but... But let me ask you this. If you saw him, wouldn't you go get your picture taken with him? I mean... Yeah, but. exactly. I think that's the thing. It's enough of a novelty that they that they did what they had to do. This is probably the best they could make it look was this. And so that's why they're going with it. It's enough of a novelty. But I definitely think once they can do like realistic looking fur, having a Yeti, Yeti outside gonna... of the Matterhorn is going to be big. Having a, a Thanos meet and greet. I mean, they really don't have a lot of villains at Avengers Campus, but I think people would flock to that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here for them with these suits, uh, and it's pretty exciting. So they announced all of this. Not really a ton of new stuff. I mean, for me, I thought it was interesting. We didn't get any update on the Play Pavilion, which people are reporting that they're still working on that in Epcot. So I would have thought it was canceled because they didn't mention it at D23, but it sounds like they're still doing something. We got no mention of a Spaceship Earth update. We got no mention on what they're doing at Tarzan's Treehouse in Disneyland. They have scaffolding up on that treehouse. They have not announced anything about it. They didn't mention it at all at D23. We got no updates on the big transformation they're talking about doing at Disneyland. You know, they, they had this Disneyland forward campaign they started a year or two ago. We got no real details on that. Again, no new rides. I mean, Mary nothing. Poppins. Mary, nobody knows what's going on. Oh, with yeah. Mary I mean, all, all that stuff that they announced uh, at last D23 not talked about definitely seems to be canceled. So I think even the stuff they talked about, even this Avengers campus ride, I take with a grain of salt now because, yeah, last time they had a D23, they announced concrete rides like the Mary Poppins attraction, and it didn't happen. So a lot of stuff not announced. It was very much a letdown in the fact that they didn't announce anything. My favorite was the panel that they had where they just had blue sky talks about what they would do with Dino Land. So they're like, oh, we could make it Moana. We could make it Zootopia. And they got, you know, Jennifer Lee to come out there and, and kind of shoot these out there. But these were just ideas. And so they were just basically doing it like, oh, we're going to do something with this, but we don't know what. Yeah, so that's where I was going. So that's how they ended the parks panel is they said, hey, we're going to, these are early blue sky concepts. So, you know, obviously, again, we know Dino Land's getting replaced with something. No real announcement on that. But they showed this random concept art of maybe it could be Zootopia. Maybe it could be Moana. Maybe it's both. And then they talked about what's going to be past uh, Big Thunder Mountain in Frontierland. So again, it sounds like an expansion of the Magic Kingdom. It sounded very exciting. And they're like, well, maybe we could do Coco. Maybe we could do Encanto. We know the fans have talked about a villains park. Maybe we throw villains in there. And they even mentioned, I mean, Josh DeMauro even said with villains, not that this is happening anytime soon, if it does happen, but it could be villains. So they had, I feel like, so little new stuff to actually announce that, yeah, they just threw out all this, this blue sky stuff. And, you know, I saw a lot of people online and a lot of Disney blog websites running with it that, oh, Zootopia is coming or Moana is yeah. coming. It's not coming. Yeah, I mean, people this were is... latching onto the idea like they said it was going to happen, but they didn't. They were just throwing like spaghetti at the wall and being like, maybe we could do this. And... Yeah, I mean, this this is less concrete than the last D23 when they said we're doing Spaceship Earth redo. We're doing a Mary Poppins attraction. We're building a Quinjet attraction at Avengers Campus. I mean, those were rides ready to go. Yep. And now they seem to be off the table completely. So it is less than that. This was somebody drew a picture of maybe we could do this. I mean, the picture they, they showed from Magic Kingdom had Coco and Kanto and the villains all right next to each other. 
there is no way that is happening because that doesn't even make sense to put all three of those together. So this stuff is not going to happen. And even if any of it does happen, it is going to be six to seven years away. I mean, we're looking at probably 2028 to 2030 before any of this stuff would even make it into the parks, which is crazy. So I think the fact that they showed this, it it just seemed very odd that they would even throw this in there. I mean, I honestly think that they were kind of compiling what they had and realized we don't have much. And so they decided to throw in this like, oh, well, we, this could, we could do this or we could do that almost as a way to sort of satiate the people from saying, well, they're not thinking ahead at all, um, showing that, hey, we are thinking ahead. We just don't have any idea what we're going to do. And I don't know what their strategy was doing that. Was it a, they were hoping something would catch fire online and then give them a direction? Or again, was it just like they were trying to find something to entertain people with to get them thinking and get them excited about it, even though they didn't really have anything concrete? But I will say, because I'm going to be one of those people right now, the house Madrigal, I want it. I want it now. I want it would be amazing. It would be really cool as a ride or a walkthrough. It would be cool to have Julieta's restaurant. Now, of course, they'd have to put disclaimers that they can't actually heal you. But I just think it would be really cool to have that. And there's a lot of richness there. And there's some interactivity that they could build in with the house. So I think that there's a lot of really cool ideas within there that they could really work with to make a really immersive, cool ride. And here's the thing. I mean, they know everybody loves Encanto. They know everybody would love to have Encanto in the park. So why not just design an Encanto attraction or land and announce that and build that instead of, again, this blue sky, hey, maybe we could throw this right. in there. Maybe maybe we could, maybe it couldn't. I mean, Coco, why not put Coco in Mexico, in Epcot? You know, yeah. I mean, like, it, it just seems odd. You know, I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, like, again, the last E23, they announced a lot of stuff that they were going to build that now has been canceled or delayed. And obviously, the pandemic took place and that kind of, you know, threw them off their game a bit. And so now, maybe they don't want to announce stuff that's not going to happen because they're, they're kind of being more conservative in, yeah. in announcing things. Or, you know, they're pulling back on investment in the parks because, you know, they, they don't know... If there's a recession coming, they don't know, you know, the long-term demand of the parks. But it's it's really interesting how they're doing this, that they that they really had nothing to announce because, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier, Universal's building a new park that's going to be open in a couple years. And, you know, Disney needed to announce stuff at D23, start working on it, if they have any shot of it being opened to combat the popularity that Universal is going to pick up when they open their new park Epic Universe in a couple of years. Because looking back at recent lands or attractions they built, it takes them five or six years from when they announce this stuff to build it. So Galaxy's Edge was announced in 2015. It didn't open until 2019. Pandora was announced in 2011. It took them six years to build that. Tron, which is just an attraction, was announced in 2017. It's going to be almost six years before that opens. So even if they announce something today... It's going to be 2027, 2028 until they open it. So I feel like they're going to get caught off guard here. It's kind of like what happened before Universal had Harry Potter where, you know, Disney was kind of coasting on, we're the only game in town. Universal is like a one-day park for people. It's a B park. Yeah, and, and then they got Harry Potter and they were caught off guard. And that's why we got Pandora. That's why we got Galaxy's Edge. You know, they invested a ton of money. And now they're kind of at this point of, well, we invested a ton of money. And I mean, to their point, I mean, they have record attendance. They're making more money than ever. We don't need to put new stuff in. But the problem is in three to four years when your demand dips because Universal has a Nintendo World and a brand new theme park and you haven't had anything new for a few years, you just can't immediately build a new attraction and open it in a year. You know, if, if you wait until that point to do it, it's going to be 2030. It's going to be the next decade before you have anything new to get people's attention again. They're kind of treating the parks like a cash cow right now. So they'll milk that and get, you know, the funds from that to sort of work on their other projects, but then they're not reinvesting it in the parks. Again, as you were saying, that's going to catch them off guard when Universal comes out because when Epic Universe opens, I would probably rather spend way more time there and maybe spend a day or so at Disney. And you might have dedicated Disney people like us saying, we're going to spend more time at Universal. So they have to watch themselves. You know, this idea that people will always come to Disney parks isn't a given. 
No, definitely. And I think they are using a lot of the money to fund Disney Plus growth right, right now yep. and things like that, and not the parks. The other thing that kind of disappointed me was the fact that they didn't announce any new attractions because I think the biggest problem with Disney Parks right now mm-hmm. is capacity. As we mentioned, demand is higher than ever. There's more people going than ever, especially at Walt Disney World. And the current number of attractions and the state of the attractions can't really handle that demand at this point. You know, Wait times are very high. Rides are breaking down a lot. They need to add capacity. So it's not even like they need to add super detailed e-ticket attractions. Even some lower tier attractions that had high capacity to them. You know, uh, Something like a small world where you can get lots of people on it. It's slow. It's like 15 minutes long. Something to keep people busy and pull them out of some of these other attractions that get these huge lines. You know, I think they didn't announce anything to alleviate the capacity problem. If anything, they worsened it because what they announced specifically at Walt Disney World was Hatbox Goes Coming, which is going to get annual pass holders, Disney fanatics excited to go, Happily Ever After coming back, which is going to get locals, annual pass holders, people excited to come back to go. You know, Harmonious is gone. It's going to get people excited to come to Epcot. Tron is eventually opening. So everything they announced is just getting people excited to go back to the parks. But Walt Disney World does not have a demand problem right now. They have a supply problem. They don't have enough supply. So what they did only made that worse because adding the Hatbox Ghost doesn't increase your capacity, but now it increases the number of people wanting to ride the Haunted Mansion. So your demand problem is even worse. So for me... Not announcing new attractions uh, was kind of twofold. One, it was underwhelming because it seems like where's the direction of the parks going over this next decade? But two, it's worsening the problem they have now where they have too many people that want to come and not enough capacity. And now you just made it that people, you know, annual pass holders, people that live local are going to probably want to come more often to see these new things come out. And again, you don't have as much capacity. You've not done anything to improve capacity. So, uh, it, you know, it's kind of a double whammy whenever they don't announce anything new. And so I think yeah, overall, I mean, they announced some cool things, but overall it was kind of disappointing to see what they brought out here at the parks panel. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And I mean, you know, just sort of as a wrap up here, Overall, unfortunately, this D23, for whatever reason, you know, again, as if it was in reaction to the last one and them not wanting to disappoint people or them not having a clear direction for the parks going forward. I don't really know what the cause is, but it definitely seemed aimless and a bit like they are not thinking forward enough um, and definitely has me concerned about the direction of the parks going forward, particularly the parks. But Um, Just in general, because again, I feel like there's a lot of focus on investors and not so much on customer service and what's going to make their consumers happy. And that concerns me about the direction of the company as a whole. All right. So that wraps up our show this week and our D23 recap. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please subscribe, leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. And we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.